This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about the recent breach at Internet retailer Zappos, which affected 24 million individuals. Our guest is cybersecurity expert Fred Cape, distinguished professor at Indiana University's Maurer School of Law. Thanks for joining us today, Professor Cape. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Zappos customers are receiving notifications that some of their personal data have been compromised in a massive cyber attack. The company's CEO is stressing that customers' credit card and other payment data were not affected by the breach. Nevertheless, I understand that you believe there are some major risks involved as a result of this incident. What information that was breached poses risks and why? You're right. I think there are risks here. And first of all, although it's good that it didn't include complete credit card numbers, it did include the last four digits of customer credit card numbers. So it's it's not entirely accurate for Zappos to say that no payment information was involved. Uh, I think another reason for concern, though, is that the information that was released, so name, address, email address, telephone number, last four digits of credit card number, are precisely the type of information that businesses today use when they're trying to verify themselves to you. So they'll say, uh, you know, we're writing you about the account ending in these four numbers, or we're writing you and to prove that we know who you are, we're going to provide some additional information, such as this is your home phone number. Now, that's precisely the information that was taken in the Zappos breach, and so I think uh, consumers have good reason to be concerned. So I understand that you believe there are three major categories of risk to consumers in this case. Can you describe each of those for us? One is that the uh, information that's taken is used in a way in which other companies uh, are impersonated by fishers. You know, the people who send these emails purporting to come from a legitimate business that you may work with, but instead they're coming from from a fraudster. So somebody sends an email and they say, you need to update your account information. It's the account ending with the last four digits of your credit card number. And because um, the fishers will now have this amount of information, you fall for it. You provide them information. And statistically, we know that about 90% of Americans say that they have fallen for phishing messages. And they're a very effective type of fraud. Uh, a second reason for concern is that this is precisely the information that you can use to find out other information about people. So if I have your name and I have your address, I'm already well on my way to, for example, to getting your property tax records or to getting marriage or birth or death records. That information can then be combined with the data that was also stolen in the, uh, in the Zappos attack and, again, used to either create a more complete customer profile. So, for example, here in Indiana quite recently, we had a fraud just reported this past weekend where uh, somebody called. Uh, a woman that they claimed to be her grandson that they'd been arrested in uh, Bolivia and they needed bail money. Well, they knew enough information about the grandson to convince this woman over a, over a bad, crackly international line that it was a grandson and she sent the money they requested, money she'll never see again since it was a fraud. So being able to take some information, combine it with other information and then use that for fraud is a, is a major concern. And then I think the third reason for concern is the data stolen in the Zappos attack included encrypted passwords and email addresses. Now, we know email addresses are most commonly used as account names online. In fact, many, many websites make you use your email address as your account name. Encrypted passwords, the question, of course, is how well are they encrypted? So far, Zappos has not been willing to say. But most encryption can be broken eventually. Much encryption can be broken almost instantly. So imagine now the people who launched the attack on Zappos with 24 million email addresses and matching passwords. 
Of course, what makes that a really dangerous combination is that most of us reuse passwords on other sites. So the warning is not just that you may be in danger on the Zappos site, probably not in danger at all since they automatically reset all of those passwords, is that you might be in danger on some other site where you've reused that password. So what advice would you give consumers on steps they can take to minimize these risks you've just described? Well, I think a lot of things consumers can do, and frankly, many of them are things that we already know we should be doing, we just don't always do. So one is you should be using a different password on every site. Even if you have to write them down, better to have a list of your passwords than to find that when somebody steals one, they've got them all. That's especially important now. So if you had a, a password on the Zappos site that was that was compromised in this breach and you use the same password on other retail sites or other banking sites, it's important to go in immediately and change those passwords. Just put in different passwords and you've gone a long way to protecting yourself. I think a second really critical step is it calls for a lot of caution. We don't have any good bright line rules here. We, we don't have some telltale sign we can say look for. But when you get an email address or a phone or even a fax, fraud occurs in all of these ways, asking for either more information or for you to do something that might be unusual, transfer money, um, provide your account information, um, that's, a, that's a really good sign to stop and say, wait, you know, I'm not going to respond to that. And if I need to provide my information, I'm going to provide it the usual way. I'm going to call the business or I'm going to access its website. I'm not going to go through a, through a message. So a certain amount of just being wide awake, of being cautious and careful and especially intentive, knowing that this additional amount of information is out there. And, of course, Zappos is only the most recent in a series of high-visibility, very high-stakes attacks so what we know is that that information is being collected. It's not just stolen and used and discarded. It's stolen, may be used, but it's certainly then held on to for future use. Okay, finally, what steps would you like to see Zappos take to better educate its customers about the risks they face? And what can other organizations learn from the company's handling of this breach regarding how to notify those affected and help them minimize risk? Well, first of all, I mean, Zappos deserves a, a lot of credit. It responded quickly. It responded very directly. It's taken it very seriously, which is not true of all um, uh, corporations that suffer breaches. And I think in many ways we will look back on Zappos as having done a, a good job here. Having said that, I think there's some reasons to be critical of Zappos as well. One is uh, I do think the kind of emphasis on the good thing credit card data wasn't taken both was inaccurate and also highly misleading. Uh, second of all, there's a pretty big question as to why was Zappos hanging on to that information? In other words, why did they need all that information? Why, if they need it, wasn't it all stored encrypted rather than stored uh, in plain text except for the passwords? Why had they consolidated the information so that uh, a thief could steal it all from one location? And these might suggest important lessons for other businesses to say, are you collecting and storing more data than you need? Because if you are, you are taking on more risk than you need to face. So, for example, could you store the data on a cookie on a local computer user's hard drive so that if the user orders from Zappos, you would store the order information, uh, address, and credit card, for example, right there on a local cookie. You would only have one person's information in it. And that way, if they order again, the information would still be accessible to them, but it wouldn't be around in a large database, uh, something that could be easily targeted by, by third-party criminals. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Professor Fred Kate of Indiana University. This is Howard Anderson. Thank you so very much for listening.